Storm Bowling Products, the Bowler's Company presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Steve Klimkin and Tim Berg. Storm's Executive Director of Marketing and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast is Gary Brown. Gary is the Managing Director for the International Bowling Campus Youth Department. Gary Timberg and Coach K. Steve Klemkin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much for having me here. I do appreciate it. All right, Gary. Well, it's such an honor to have you on the show. Thought we'd bring you on, kind of chat about collegiate bowling, high school bowling a little bit as well, as we have a lot of listeners, a lot of coaches, a lot of parents, and a lot of athletes who listen to the show. So let's begin with junior gold. This is just something that has been continuing to grow year after year after year. How is that for you guys down at USBC, and how are you able to stay ahead of that growth curve and keep you know keep families coming in and keep the bowlers out on the lanes and just you know really make it a successful event for everyone. Well, I, I think the key thing we did was make it peer to peer back in 2012. I mean that year we started out with 1,929 kids who bowled the event. It's almost doubled since then. So just like most sports you have in the athletics, you have a peer to peer age groups. Once we did that, it really defined us being able to separate out the event a little bit better. Uh, put the squad adjustments into the the uh, schedule last couple of years here, and it really helped us out with uh, with overall just with the scope of the tournament. Uh, in addition, you know it's become such a large event with families and, and events and activities. We made an opening ceremonies. We brought it back two years ago for the first time since 2008. Uh, we did a trade show beforehand. We were in a 12,000 square foot hotel. Uh, now we're in 80,000 square foot uh, convention centers or state fairgrounds. And the other thing we really like to do at the end of the year for everything we do, we survey them. So we send a survey out to all the junior goal participants at the tournament, as well as our coordinators, because you know at the grassroots level, they're the ones that are hearing uh, how kids are wanting to qualify, the type of patterns they want, type of information they're looking from us. So realistically, most of the uh, education we get from our peers and from our, from our kids, I guess, and from the uh, coordinators. Now, now, junior gold isn't the only thing that's been growing. I know college bowling's been growing as well. And there was a couple of years ago that we were uh, pretty, because Storm's a big supporter of college bowling, and we were pretty excited to hear that you guys had surpassed the 200 program mark a few years ago. Um, how has USBC been, uh, you know, able to handle this this kind of growth in in college bowling, and and where are the numbers at today, and and what have you what have you seen as of late? Uh, we are trending upward again. Uh, that year you mentioned was 2015-16. We finally crossed the plateau of 200 uh, schools being certified with our organization. The, the key to that is that's people who are certified with USBC. Beyond that number, there's obviously additional schools from NCAA and NJCA who participate only with those organizations, which is great because it's good for bowling. It's retaining kids throughout the collegiate program and also for longer-term uh, aspirations in the sport. Uh, we did go up 10 more schools last year to 213 schools. Uh, we had almost 3,600 student-athletes, and we're trending just towards those numbers this year, uh, About probably about 65 or 70% uh, on our path to being uh, exceeding the number from last year. So it's been great. Uh, the, the most difficult thing we have is because of the growth, we have eligibility. Uh, we are very stringent on, ac- on academics and retaining kids, making sure that they're passing grades in, in school. So. Brandon Cruz and myself go through all the eligibility forms for the school. So it's every single kid twice a year, 3,600 kids, we check their grades to make sure that they're pursuing their education and academically involved. 
Yeah, so let's talk about how over the years bowling has changed and the collegiate programs have changed and how technology has even played a part in that. Like you said, I mean, there would have been years ago where that, that process there would have probably took you forever to do. Now I'm sure it's still a very long process, but something that you can probably streamline a little bit a little bit more efficiently than what you once could. But let's also talk about that and then also, you know, just how things have changed throughout the years from, you know, back when Steve was bowling in college. Yeah, I, I bowled with Steve did too, so that shows my age a little bit as well. Um, hey, yeah, it, hey keep that down, changed. huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sad, but we did. Once, once, as I tell everybody else, once upon a time, I did bowl. So um, it, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the power rankings and the things that go along with the USBC collegiate side of bowling, even the NCAA, you know, it's all electronic now. Um, back when Steve and I bowled, we didn't really have the same system in place. Uh, Carl Nikolai, who's the record keeper for collegiate bowling for USBC side of it, you know, everything's electronic, Excel-driven. Uh, path there, we're working on a new program or a new platform, so tournament managers can download uh, rosters and those type of things from our from our system that we have here. Um, but just the electronics, uh, obviously through videotaping of coaches and lessons and all the things that, that are out there for coaches to train their kids. Um, when Steve and I bowled, there was far few fully educated, I would tell you, a few uh, certified coaches. There were a lot of part-time uh, coaches. I was fortunate enough to go to a very strong program and our coach was more of an administrator, so the bowlers really taught themselves and learned from themselves in that program. But now you've got a lot more full-time coaches because of the varsity aspect that's involved at the NCAA, NEI, and NJCA club level. So just a lot more full-time coaches who are involved who just have a great knowledge of the game and are interested in getting, you know, getting taught, going to get bronze and silver and gold certified. Um, it's pretty amazing to see these coaches are coming back from the collegiate ranks and giving back to the sport. That's pretty, yeah, that is pretty cool to hear. The, uh, you know, one of the things also that comes up when I'm thinking about, you know, how the things that have changed over time, you know, I'm thinking lane conditions too, Gary. I know that's, uh, you know, topic-wise, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. And, you know, when we bowled in college, I remember a few tournaments we'd, we'd show up and we bowled on what was left over from the last time they ran them on Friday. You know, it would be after the leaves yeah. and there'd be, you know, there wasn't even a, a specific named oil pattern with a scoring target and all that kind of stuff. So what do you notice or what do you hear now in terms of the college players? Do they, do they enjoy bowling on a more challenging condition? Do they like them when they're, they're easier, higher scoring? Is that, does that even come up? How do, you guys, how do you guys address that with lane conditions? It's definitely been addressed um, on our end of it. It's, it's something where this year, starting now, we're actually tracking the ratio of the patterns for every event that's bowled collegiately. Um, so far this season, I have 24 events that have uh, recognized something with us, whether they have certified the event through October. And the average ratio is 2.4 to 1. So it's not easy. Um, it, it's very competitive. That's what they want. Um, the kids are demanding it. They're requesting it. Some of the tournaments are going to what you know the, the national tournament rules for collegiate bowling, which is they don't show the pattern. They don't talk about the pattern until afterwards. Um, previously, before all the demand came out, only our Tier 1 events, so only 10 events a year, are mandated to have a sport-compliant pattern. But obviously, based on those numbers I gave you, every one of the events this year have gone to a ratio that's you know 4 to 1 or less, which is really, in actuality, it's like 3.1 is the, the highest ratio we have. So they want it, and I think a lot of it stems to junior gold. Um, they're using it. We're using sport patterns historically for junior gold, and you just see that level of competition going up. They want that demand to be tough. They don't want the best bowler to make the best shots and come out on top. 
Yeah, so along those same lines, you mentioned tournaments. What is being done as far as from when these uh, ju- when these uh, collegiate players when they leave college and enter their maybe their what could be their sometimes their first adult league, uh, USBC sanctioned adult league, as far as average verification goes and possible re-rating. We had that issue at the at the Open Championships this year with the re-rate. But what is being done and what steps are being taken to keep people and keep everything on the up and up as far as that's concerned. Well, I mean, it's, it's, that's obviously a rules aspect inside the building and a point of discussion that we've had. We do track. We're doing the tracking now um, that we require the tournaments to provide us the ratio of the patterns that we have. The uniqueness of college bowling, and Steve can vouch for this, that you know, if you start a game and somebody comes in and finishes your game, then you don't get credit for that score. That's a, that's a USBC rule in general. You, know, you can't have a partial game going towards someone's average. So collegiate bowling, while they have averages up there, they're not real true identifiers of what someone's average is. However, with that being said, now with the ratios of patterns that are up there, at least it gives an idea for a potential for a tournament manager to uh, make adjustments to someone's average if they wanted to. Um, so that's some discussions that have gone on with those pieces. But you know, in, in, in the, the reality of the piece is that they're partial games, and as, as USBC rules wouldn't allow for partial games to be used for a 319 rules, which is the average adjustment by default rules. Hey, what, what type of uh, resources do you guys uh, offer down there in Arlington, Texas, ITRC? I know there's uh, a few different things that you guys have going on, uh, some kind of like combine and, and stuff like that that you run down there um, that are designed to help younger players, uh, you know, maybe get, get ready for collegiate competition and, and really get ready for competitive bowling. Yeah, I mean, the combine is the big one that's uh, conducted in-house here. Uh, we, you know, have a certain amount of boys and girls who come in and do skill tests, um, cognitive tests, um, all the physical tests, a whole bunch of pieces that are in there, and that really give a coach an aspect, an idea of how talented or the kids they're looking to recruit. Uh, in addition to that, we're starting. Uh, we started a few years back at Junior Gold, where we have, you know, collegiate booths. Um, like a few, several years mm-hmm. ago in Florida. We may have only had one or two colleges there. Now what we have, we had over 60 universities at the at Junior Gold. Um, it's become such a hotbed. It's uh, like an AU basketball tournament or something to those aspects. Mm. Um, but it's such a hotbed for coaches that they all the coaches associations have moved their coaches' meetings to the front end of Junior Gold so they can come out mm. and recruit at the same time, make one trip out of it. So the, the club orientations with the NTCA, um, the N, uh, NEIA, and the NCAA, uh, all their coach associations do meetings out front, so it gives them a chance to recruit, talk to kids, watch them bowl. Um, the TurboTech's on the front end of that as well, so it's just a great week or 10 days or so for kids to get mm. looked at by college coaches. Uh, we do one other pamphlet that we provide is a, called the Next Step Guide, and that's a resource for kids who are looking to get recruited and what college coaches mm. are looking for. So that's a great, great piece that we put together several years ago in the building. Yeah, so do you have any other tips for maybe young people as far as choosing the right college and what you've seen and, and maybe even maybe a, maybe even a pitfall that maybe a, a parent or someone may make or a student athlete may make when they're looking for choices or what should someone be looking for? Yeah, I, I would tell you the probably the biggest thing is go to the school for your degree. Use bowling as a conduit to get your education. Um, too many times in, in this role, I've been in the, the director role of college bowling for for about 10 years now, but I've been involved since 93. And too frequently uh, you see a student athlete who goes to the school because it's a bowling school or bowling only. 
Um, you know, bowling is a great avenue and a great resource for the, for a sport. Um, but in the end, the education is just so important to what we do uh, long term. So what we always tell, what I always recommend a parent and a kid when I talk to them is make sure they have your degree. As silly as that sounds, there's a lot of kids who just pick the school, never do any researches, never go to the campus. I heard Coach Littig uh, do your podcast a few weeks ago, um, and he said it perfectly. Go visit a few campuses, talk to a few coaches, talk to a few players. And in the end, sit down with your parents and make the best choice for what's for you and your family. Um, that's just a big piece is making sure you're doing the right thing for you educationally. And, and I'd say this is like my final question, but I guess it's almost a little bit more like a bit of a final, kind of a final comment for me on my side, which is um, if you're even on the fence at all about thinking about bowling in college, go to a college tournament and you will see some of the most exciting competition you'll see in the sport. There's no question. I mean, I went and I saw you last time, Gary, we went to the, uh, to the collegiate national championships in the spring in Baton Rouge and uh, the energy on the lanes in collegiate bowling, you won't, you won't find that anywhere else. No, it's, it's completely exciting. I mean, uh, the, the growth of this sport has made it even more exciting um, because you go to tournaments now and beforehand you may have two or three or four schools from a, from a program bowling at a single tournament. Um, the tournament was last week in, in, in Milwaukee. Uh, they had you know, a full house of teams, only varsity programs, no, but no JV teams involved in the event. You go to an event like Hoosier Classic where it's you know, 78 different men's schools across the board who are all varsity programs mm-hmm. and 66 mm-hmm. different women's programs who are all varsity programs. It's become such a big, unique piece to our, our sport where you know, that, that varsity competition, it's just nothing better. I mean, I love it. It's where my passion lies. It's, it's why I'm in the sport. You know, I did a presentation for the Wisconsin Bowling Association last weekend, and I got asked the question, why did you do this instead of going into another profession? I said, because what college bowling did for me, which has gave me just a, a strong passion to give back to the sport and just an involvement. It was just a great, a great atmosphere for me. I just enjoy that part of it. Well, Gary Brown, I want to thank you for joining us. I'm just going to invite folks, if you're interested in your high school bowler and you're listening to this, high school parent even, check out bowl.com forward slash collegiate. Lots of great insight there, lots of resources for you. I was even looking, you guys got stuff up there for, for folks looking for scholarship information and, and all sorts of stuff about collegiate bowling and, and programs and polls and a very great resource. You're going to want to check that out. But Gary, again, thank you for joining us. Very insightful information and we always love to check in with the folks down there at the USBC from time to time and, and, uh, and thanks for all your support for college bowling i appreciate you guys doing it and and good job with what you guys do there i I listen to it every time it's out so 